Yo, what's good, everybody? This is St. Joe, soundsandgear.com. I got my man TDS, a.k.a. the Daydream Sound. I'll let him introduce himself. Um, he told me his name. I don't want to butcher it. I think it's <laughs> Yohansei. 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 So, um, and I met this guy, man. I've just been watching his videos for a while. He's a musician, producer, vintage sampler enthusiast, and that's how I came across him, man. He's using a lot of the classic stuff that I'm into and that I like, and I really didn't see anybody else doing it. So, uh, man, thanks for taking the time out, man. I really do appreciate you. Uh, just kind of, yeah, man, just kind of um, let the people know who you are and, and what you do, and we'll, you know how we do. We'll just kind of take it from there. Yeah, man. All right. So my name is Johansay. Um Go by the Daydream Sound. I am just a musician that likes making music with old equipment and um, balancing life with, with life itself, taking that into consideration and just making the experience while we're here a full one. So that's pretty much what I do and what pretty much what people know me as. Yeah. yeah. Now, how did, you get, how did you get started in music? Okay. Yeah, right, we're going to um, dig deep. Yeah, it started with my father. Mm -hmm. My father was and still is a musician, but I think where I picked it up from was the DJ side of it. So okay. growing up, my family background, I had a or have a father who you consider like, you know, your average DJ musician, mm -hmm. or a little bit more than that. He was a carpenter as well. And my mother, who is this very strict Christian lady. Yeah. The two of them make it work. That's how they do it. But anyway, so yeah. growing up in my household, it would be like these parties, house parties, you know, and it's kind of faded away now, but my dad was the man for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They would have parties and it would just be, you know, the type of thing where the whole entire West Indian community would be at my place. Mm -hmm. And these parties, I would fall asleep before they even started. Mm -hmm. Like nine o'clock was late for me because I grew up in this sort of thing. But eventually... Um, rap started coming in yeah. and this thing called scratching coming in and that sort of thing. So I wanted to know all about that. And back then you couldn't really find any pictures of someone scratching. So right. all I knew from what my older cousins told me was like, you know, you got to scratch the record. Yeah. So I had my little, you know, play turntable in my house and I would just drag the record, you know, drag the needle across the record yeah. trying to scratch and it wasn't sounding right. Yeah. So from that early age, and this is 70s, early 70s, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I came up. Now, when I got old enough uh, for my dad to let me use his system, because yeah. he also built speakers, like in my parents' home till this day, like there's just bass bins and just cabinets, like club system cabinets. Right. He would let me play. I remember the time, the first time I did, I was probably like nine going on 10. And he had two 12 inches of uh, Freddie Jackson rock me tonight. Yeah. And he's like, all right, go ahead. You know, so he showed me how to set the two to the same pitch. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of the night, that's all I was doing, just fading back and forth, fading back and forth, having them phase out. And from then, I didn't know this at the time, but what he did was he just kind of left me alone and let me go at it. Yeah. He didn't teach me. He didn't do anything. He just allowed me to do it. Right. And that was it like you know school was out the door everything was out the door at that point and <laughs> that's what i pretty much did for from then on yeah you know that was my pretty much my life mm -hmm. so that's that was my start right right so how did you get from from dj to to producer and beat maker or musician um yeah 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 um 
what happened was along that time there, oh, how do I say this? I'm picking, trying to pick a part of where to start on this, but there was, it all stems from the, for me, for the, for the mystique of not knowing where this music came from. Yeah. So being in Toronto, we were close or are close to New York. And the way we would get music was two ways. One was college radio Mm -hmm. and two was people actually going to New York on the weekends and bringing back records and taping the radio. Gotcha. So every time my dad would go, I'd be like, you know, just bring me back a cassette. Yeah. And that's all, that was it. I didn't want any clothes. I didn't want anything. I just wanted a cassette with the radio just taped. Um, and we would hear stuff and hear the beats and all that kind of thing. And I remember playing on the playground and my boy at the time, he was like, yo, there's this thing called the Lindrum, man. That makes everything. That's what it does. It's the Lindrum, the Lindrum. <laughs> and, you know, I had no idea what it looked like. We had no idea. Yeah. All we knew was this Lindrum made all the music we liked. Yeah. And um, from there, as I got older, DJing was really where I wanted to go. I really had no interest in making beats until there was a, a summer in high school where I needed a job. And there was this government program called Fresh Arts. Mm-hmm. And what Fresh Arts was, was a program where they pretty much just hired you and taught you about the arts and paid you for it. Wow. It was crazy. So I went to that. And in that group, there was a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of you know, people just learning different sides of the arts from dance to everything, yeah. painting everything. And in that, in my area, they didn't have DJing, but they had like a general like music studio type thing. Yeah. So when that class, one of the teachers brought in uh, EPS mm-hmm. for, for, um, for us to just make beats on, he showed us how to make stuff and how to, you know, do this basic production stuff. Yeah. And that introduced me to the Insonic uh, for the second time. Uh-huh. And even then, I was still into DJing. After that, I went into university and got my own money to buy myself a 16 plus. And that's kind of where it started. Yeah. And so, and you're pretty much like that. You're like the Insonic, you know, it, guy. It like, way, like, yeah. like, is it is it because of your early introduction to those platforms? Or did you just fall in love with the, with the sound that they produce? Because um, you have quite a few in sonic pieces like like what made you kind of focus and hone in on on that because there's a lot of old stuff out there but you like i know you as the in sonic or the the emu guy yeah Yeah. for in sonic i think their presence in toronto was huge gotcha like they were everywhere so Mm -hmm. not only was it something that i was introduced to it was the thing that made sense to me Mm -hmm. um it was lined up most like an eight track tape recorder yeah and that's what kind of made sense to me. My early studio experiences, every studio that you went to had like a S900 or some type of S series sample. Uh-huh. And as a kid going into a studio, that made no sense. It was just like this screen with a bunch of numbers and gotcha. it didn't like this box makes music. This, this is, you know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. There was no keyboard. And for the longest time I was like, well, how do you play this thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because in a studio environment, you wouldn't necessarily see a keyboard mm-hmm. or uh, a controller. Well, there were no controllers, but you wouldn't see a keyboard hooked up to this thing. You just see it as part of a rack. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the sampler. Yeah. You know, and you'd sit down and they would make the beat for you. Yeah. So this Insonic thing had everything you need. It had the tracks, it had the sequencer, it had the keyboard. You could do everything you wanted. And that was it. So 
from when I saw it, I was like, I'm getting one of those. Yeah. I don't have to get anything else. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where it went. And then as I bought my own, I started collecting the rest of them as, you know, I got older. Gotcha. And that's when I kind of got to like, oh, these things sound really good. Yeah, man. Know? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely have their own unique sound. Um, so now as a musician, are you more making music for yourself or for other people? Um, I do it to most of it's for my personal entertainment. Gotcha. And now I would say that's kind of where it's gone to, but it's also part of exploring things within, you know, the boundaries that I'll allow myself to do it. So now um, I think more I'm into just finding out new ways to do things with this old gear yeah. and pretty much not forgetting it, not leaving it on the floor because I find the newer things, it's so easy and it's too powerful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I, when I, if I, if you're making a beat on a machine or a push or something like that, there's just too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's too easy to, to do things yeah. and you not to say that that's a bad thing. That's a great yeah, thing. Yeah. But I think when you simplify things like that, it gives your brain a, just an easier way to focus. Yeah. And it makes you do things that you wouldn't do. Right. You know, yeah, if I use the machine, I just get super lazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm putting effects on everything. I'm just yeah. doing crazy stuff just because I can. <laughs> right. And I'm not really thinking about it. I'll strip it away later and make sense of it later. Mm -hmm. But when you're going along with older gear, there's like definite steps. You're like, if I want to do this, then I have to do this. I just can't play around. Like I need to do this before I can even think about doing the other thing. Right. You know? Right. So I think that keeps it interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now yeah. the um the mute the the albums that you release are they more instrumental, more instrumental mm -hmm. albums? Um, just kind of putting out your your style of sound. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. So my sound that uh that I do now is just completely instrumental, and that sort of came from my university experience. So another you know background on that my my background is in music composition. Okay. So I I studied composition in university didn't play any instruments, didn't play anything, was sort of the odd person out. Yeah. Because you got to do something when you're going into, you know, <laughs> into a, a department with a bunch of virtuoso, like, musicians. But I started like that, and that's where I got into sort of the, the outside of the realm of theory. Mm -hmm. You know, because you go into school, and they kind of just shove Western theory down your throat. Yeah. And you think that's all there is. Yeah. And as I, you know looked into things more and was exposed to more. I was like, okay, there's like every nationality and country has their own theory yeah. and variations of theories. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you're talking about, you know, just basically Western alone, there's 12 tone, there's atonal, there's so many other styles of what you would call theory. Yeah. So that's where I try to go into. And I guess I was trying to make electronic music fit into that. Yeah. Cause if you go in there, especially at the time in the nineties and you're like, okay, well, I like electronic music. They're like, no, no, no. You better, you know, compose for this orchestra or something like that. Yeah. They just weren't really trying to accept it the way they do now professionally. Right, right. Electronic music. So I, um, I was looking for a place to fit that sort of thing in. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know what the question was. but No, you, you answered. <laughs> I was just kind of asking, you know, the type of music that you're putting out on your album. So, yeah. yeah kinda... So now I try to make sample-based music. Uh -huh. um, so... I do use since I don't have a, a version to using that sort of thing, but the bulk of what I do comes from 
sounds. Yeah. Now. And that's pretty much it. And and the way you put your sounds together, your music, um, mm. do you still incorporate some of these various scales and, and theories from different cultures and, and things like that? Do you try to include that in the way that you put your sample-based music together? More on the rhythmic side. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's, it's difficult to break away from what you learn. Yeah. And I've just found that just kind of forgetting that sort of thing helps me to go further because you really box yourself in. It's like gotcha. self-imposed, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, oh, okay, I'll stick to this scale or these type of scales. Mm -hmm. If it's traditional music, it's sort of school, schooling in a sense is supposed to make you seamless. So you're not really thinking gotcha. when you're making the music, like I'm in this scale, I'm doing this thing. You just kind of do it because it's the repetition of it. Uh -huh. So now it's actively trying not to do that and just try and do anything yeah. to make sense of it. Yeah. But on the rhythmic side, I've been studying more African rhythms and stuff like that, just different type of rhythms yeah. that they would use mm -hmm. and trying to make that fit into something that's four, four, right. or five, four or seven, eight, yeah. you know, and make it, make it, make it work that way. And then seeing how people take it, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's where I'm going now. Definitely. Definitely. And, and so, um, where do you want to see your music go? Now that you're, because you are you doing this? I'm, I kind of been following you for a while, and I know there was a time oh. where you kind of been, you've been kind of documented. You documented the whole. Yeah. I'm I'm jumping into this being a musician full time thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, what is it that you're trying to achieve with your music at this point? What I want to do is I want to perform mm -hmm. more than anything. Gotcha. You know, I I I I admire and I really like the way that in any of the arts, mm -hmm. um everyone else gets to just put out a finished product. Yeah. So a painter gets to paint a picture and that's it. There's no more of that painting. Yeah. A dancer gets to work up a, a routine or, you know, a presentation and they get to present it in front of a crowd. Whereas musicians get so many chances. Mm. Like we get to make music, we get to record music, we get to mix it. There's so many chances to go back and then we could duplicate it. Yeah. You know, everyone could have the same thing. So what I, I like the idea of, performing now because that's it ah, you perform, that's it yeah and i'm trying to uh, to amplify that by not even mixing anymore mm -hmm. these are things i don't like to do like I, I i really like just making a track recording it to two track and not even saving it yeah you know because everyone else gets to do that and i think it comes off way more potent and intentful that way mm. if you make music knowing that you can always go back yeah. and make it better it's kind of like you always have that fail safe. There's yeah. nothing really edgy about it when right. you know you have that safeguard, you know? Yeah, so, no, I, I totally agree, man. And and that's a huge yeah. reason why I'm so big on, um, like, when I capture my ideas, I, I immediately capture them as audio. Um, and that, that goes back to my, my that's how I kind of, yeah. that's how I kind of got into it. Like, and it was kind of for me, like, I didn't know any better. When I got into music, I didn't know anything about MIDI or, you know, mm -hmm. hooking things together. So I would just make a beat on a beat machine and record mm -hmm. that to a mini disc. And then if I wanted like melodies over it, I would just play a, a keyboard over that as audio. So I didn't, I couldn't go back. And that's, I find that's still how I like to work to this day. I like to capture audio. And like you said, I, I do feel like it captures something 
because it's like this is it you know what i'm saying like you capture it and that's what it is it's like you and of course you have tools where you can go in and kind of tweak audio and stuff like that but i just yeah. i do feel like there's just more of a organic feel where it's like okay that's what it was that's how it is and you know you can you can let it be what it is and um so i, I totally understand what you're saying man definitely yeah, man. I think that's amazing. And that is something that would have scared the daylights out of me before. I just yeah. wouldn't even dream of not going back and revising things mm -hmm. the way that I have, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think, I think, and you could probably speak to this. I think for me, just the, the action or just the, the whole experience of the creation is the fun part. Like that's the part I enjoy the most. Like, uh, you know, uh -huh. um, just capturing the idea is, is what, what, um, interest me and what I find fun and I'll just capture a bunch of ideas and it is what it is and you know that's the only part yeah of it. yeah you so know, I, I I started off as an engineer mm -hmm. um, and now that I look back at it, it was a way to kind of kind of fake myself out into believing that I didn't want to do music you know yeah coming out of school I went into an engineering course and just went built an own studio and ran a studio mm -hmm. and I hated doing sessions for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like this recording thing. And you know, when you're, you, I could get good sounds and I was a good engineer, but I didn't like it. Right. You know I mean, I liked mixing other people's stuff to an extent, mm -hmm. but I just found it really, you know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It was re it's really not fun. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 And, and, and kudos to the people who, who do have fun doing that, you know, cause they yeah. can help the yeah, people. I'm, I'm they can help you. the people that don't have fun doing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so let's talk about your stable of Insonic gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's talk about, uh, what pieces you have, and then I'll kind of ask you some of your, your favorite points about each one. Okay. Yeah. You want it? You want me to start or you, you can start? Or... Cause I don't know every single one you have. Like I have all of them except the ASRX pro. Okay. So let's go, let's go, let's do this. Let's go from the. Let's go in order from the one, mm -hmm. which one you got first, what you like about it, which one you got next, why you got that one, what you like about it, and we'll, we'll do it that way. I think okay. it's pretty fun. So the 16 plus is the first one I got. Yeah. I wanted an ASR 10. Gotcha. Um, I, there's no way I could afford it at the time. Mm. It was like four grand and it just wasn't happening that way. So I bumped into this. Well, I, I looked in the want ads mm -hmm. <laughs> and I found uh, this old guy selling a 16 plus. He had an EPS and he had a 16 plus and he wanted to hold on to the EPS. Yeah. Sold me the 16 plus. At that time, I didn't really know too much about the 16 plus. I just knew the EPS and the ASR 10. Gotcha. And I got it and, you know, I, I messed around with it. And that was my first sampler that I had for myself. Mm -hmm. So that is my favorite gotcha. till this day. Gotcha. I think it's the most versatile out of them all. I think it's the best bang for your buck mm -hmm. if you're looking for that sort of sampler. Yeah. Especially for how cheap they are now. Right. Uh, so that, yeah, that's my favorite. There's nothing, you know, it's the most finicky. It, it, that's the one that crashes a lot. It gets hot a lot, but yeah. it's, it's the one that I prefer. Yeah, yeah. So EPS, so what then, after that one, which one did you add next? Oh, after that, oh. Uh, I think I got a Mirage next. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I got a Mirage rack and then I got a Mirage keyboard. So that's the only one that I have two of. <laughs> and, the Mirage. Yeah, yeah. And that one is, 
oh my goodness it's it's something else <laughs> like i'll put it this way a lot of people will if i had a choice between an sp and a mirage i'd get a mirage mm -hmm. i think that would sum it up you know in my you know showing my regard for what i think that sampler is yeah I would, I wouldn't get an SV twelve hundred yeah. if I had a choice between the two of them. Right, right. You know, it sounds the best. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you are looking for any type of eight bit, any type of sound like that, yeah. you know, that's the sampler you want to go for. Right, right. Nice, nice. So, mm -hmm. so you got EPS sixteen plus. You got Mirage. Mm -hmm. What's next in your timeline? Next was. Man, you're making me think. I know, <laughs> I know, it's, I know. It's, I mean, I know we're going back, man. I think it's interesting. Yeah, you have so many. I don't, I don't, I think, because I got two really close together. Okay. The, the EPS and the ASR10, I got really close together. But I think, you know what happened? I got the ASR10. I got it. Tried to put a SD card in there. Okay. For whatever reason, <laughs> and. It didn't work out. So I had it sitting on a shelf for a while. I didn't think about it. And in between that time, I got the EPS. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, the, the 10, I mean, everyone knows that the, the 10, man, yeah. that's just, it's the thing. Yeah. It's what you want. It's what it's, it's what I wanted originally. Mm -hmm. I think aside from it being the most stable, it's also the most limited mm. As far as how you can, you know, just scaling sample rates and that sort of thing. Yeah. But what it does, it does amazing. And it's probably the best sounding out of that whole EPS AS that that sort of layout. Yeah. It's hands down. Sounds like none of them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a ref a refinement of all of them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was gonna ask which one sound wise you think um sounds the best or overall. Which I know is kind of hard to pick because I know you like them yeah. all for their own thing. Um Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we'll just kind of leave it at that. I think you like them all well, for their own. Yeah, I do love them all. Yeah. They all do different, but you can hear the refinement going along. Yeah. Especially when you listen to them as a, you could really hear, just like you would with any sample line, you could hear the converters getting better, everything right. getting better. Yeah. And I think the, the goal is, it's like, no one really wanted bad sound quality like right. we do now. Right. You know what I mean? Like in the 80s, I hated hiss. Yeah. Like hiss was the devil. You, yeah. know, you didn't want no type of that. You didn't want like what you would consider eight bit and twelve bit. Now that was just like, you know, an annoyance. Exactly. It's not something you wanted. You wanted pristine, you know, pristine CD quality. And then of course, when we got CDs, we noticed something was missing. Something yep. was wrong. Yep. It was just yeah. So yeah, definitely. But honestly, between the all of them, I think the ASRX sounds the best. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I personally fell in love with like the ASR, ASRX sound, man. I just there's something. Oh man, it's just it's, it's got this warmth, man. The first time I heard it, I was just like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it just yeah. yeah that's that's all. I can, it's just just a nice, just round, just warm sound to it. Really, just the way it colors your stuff, and it's real. It's almost mm -hmm. it's subtle. It's subtle, but it just it it, it sounds good. Um, definitely. Yeah, you you could feel it. Yeah. you know, it's like you always wonder why guitar players have like 15 guitars. Yeah. Like, why are you, you know what I mean? And then yeah. you, you start collecting these things and you're like, oh, that one little difference yeah. is worth me getting this whole thing for. Because when you combine those things, you hear, you know, it really, it's something that you can, you could, uh, 
for lack of a better word, you can feel it coming through in a mix. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what? So you stopped at? Uh, so it's only in Sonic. Do you only do? Do you only have in Sonic? Do you have any emu stuff? How did, yeah, and, I have. A, and how did you feel about the whole emu in Sonic? How that all went down? Because I'm pretty sure you saw it all, right? Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it happened really. Okay. So at that time, the internet was really empty yeah. and open. Yeah. So it's like you would, you would, um, you would, you heard about it. I heard about it online mm-hmm. because I was going on Insonic's website to try and get expansions, like a SCSI expander from their website. And you're like, oh, we're not making that no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I guess it's just old. And everything at that point was focusing on the ASR X and ASR 10. Yeah. So you can get any of the options for that, but the older stuff you just couldn't get. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you just saw this thing called Emu and Sonic. Yeah. It was that logo. Yep. It was like, you remember that thing? Yep. It was like Emu and Sonic. You're like, well, I don't know what that's about. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know? And then you just kind of heard. You'd read in the magazines. Was it? Um, you remember EQ Magazine? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was reading about it in that. Yeah. And it's Sonic music, uh, Musician and those magazine so you read about the kind of merger and i didn't care i don't think anybody really cared yeah. until you really till the creative labs thing happened yeah Damn. and then you knew it was it for both of them right like in sonic and emu you know it was a rap right there and then so yeah. that's kind of how it played out you know for me watching it happen yeah, that's a, and I, yeah. that's kind of how i felt and i'm you know like the the emu and sonic thing for me was was like okay it, it kind of made sense a little bit you know what i'm saying it's like mm-hmm. they're kind of similar they kind of do some of the same stuff it kind of fits but like you said that creative lab thing that it was just like i, I, don't, yeah. I don't get it like i don't understand yeah i don't understand where that's going um i i remember man like i emu i was more of a i had a lot of emu stuff like i had a lot of the mm-hmm. the emu uh the modules and the, the command stations and you know the keyboards that they made and i remember um when they were just kind of like just doing a fire sale on all their expansions and roms and all really? that different stuff yeah i remember it was so easy to buy those things man i had all i had like the command station and a and a keyboard and a and a rack module i had everything you know, maxed out. I had like pretty much all the ROMs that they could have, and it's like, you know, nowadays it's it's just hard to find them things, or people are charging. You know, for s- specific ones, people charge a little bit more, but um, yeah. that that, it, that was fun, man. And like even even those things had that that sound to it. So which uh, which emu which emu devices are you on, or that you? I own? got the. I think I got three. Yeah. I have the um the Proteus <laughs> Rompler. Yeah. Um, I have um, ESI four thousand. Nice, yeah. And the SP twelve hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those three, I mean, and they're yeah. They're, for me, anything that I buy, it's kind of like the way it sounds first, yep. and then features after. Exactly. You know, so it's like you know when I heard the um, the four thousand, I had a two thousand first, and then I blew it up. Okay. I tried to do okay. Something, and I just fried it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I replaced it with a 4,000, but the filter on that thing is just gold. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty much all I use it for because it's a hassle to really operate. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you set it up, it's cool, but it's just, you know, it's, it's not fun. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of all samplers. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the Emu stuff is kind of up there in my list. Yeah, definitely. That, like I said, that's that's what I know you for, man. I, I just love watching your videos and 
um watch you put Thank together you. stuff on on this gear man because it has that sound man um mm -hmm. it's just it's just that sound like that's what it that's there's no other way to say it you know what i'm saying it's just like it yeah. has that sound you know what i'm saying the, the... yeah yeah and i i don't know you know what i mean i it i it's crazy you know you would you would figure you would you would have a little bit of that more in like if i can buy a sound card yeah that sounds like some of these samplers I would be so happy, you know, it would, it would take away a lot of, I'd probably stop sampling at that point. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of like what I wish. Um, and granted, when you sample at high, high sample rates, you get something really sweet, but just the cost on it is just not, yeah. you know, not efficient. Right, 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 right. No, definitely, definitely, man. Um, so what are some of the, what are some of the devices or pieces outside of uh, Insonic Emu that interest you? um right now yeah right now or 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 that you that you've had over the years mm. um, because um, yeah, I, I i feel like it has to be pretty special for you to venture out of the the insonic <laughs> emu range of things um yeah, i feel no, like it's pretty deliberate yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like i like um i just like the way if something has a feature or something that that i i i like yeah then i'll then I'll buy it. Yeah. You know, so the oh, we'll just take the the Octa track. Yeah. It doesn't sound very interesting. Mm -hmm. But just for what it does and for what it is, yeah. I bought. Got gotcha. you. You know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I follow for for when something doesn't sound good, yeah. then it's got to have like something that's interesting. So right now we're kind of in a drought. So yeah. any sampler that comes out, I'm like I'm looking at it cuz I yeah. you know turned into a collector at this point, but yeah. um, what else do I have? That you just I'm... bought, what is that? You just bought something probably like three or four, three or four months ago. It was a little, uh, what... the, uh, the Bastille um, yeah. microgram. Yeah, 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 yeah. You still, yeah, you still man. messing with that? Yeah, man, that thing's amazing. Yeah. that It's like 200 bucks for that. Right. And it's a, I guess it's the only eight bit sampler that has come out in, I don't know, this decade. Right. It's it's good, you know. It's I would really like to see samplers come back. I completely understand why they wouldn't. If I was a manufacturer, I probably wouldn't make anything hardware. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Uh, just from a cost perspective, but manufacturers who do do that, I completely appreciate. Yeah, I, I'm the same way, man. Like I've been I've been jonesing for a, a nice new sampler for many, 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 many years. And um, yeah. like you said, I think it, I think it does. It just goes back to that whole that interaction that what it forces you to do with the limitations yeah. that it has um just because you know hardware in and of itself inherently is going to be limited at some point like you can't just do mm -hmm. everything that you can do mm -hmm. on, a, on a software sampler and so you have to make decisions and that goes into part of your creative process you know um yeah and it's yeah definitely man um cool cool so um before we get out of here man like what what do you got going on that you want the people to know about um, where can they find you um, projects what you're looking forward to coming up in the next few months next year um yeah. all, any any anything about you that you want people to know man that we did may not have touched on okay so my main base of operations um outside of my website which is the daydream sound is youtube mm -hmm. that's where most people stumble on me from so it's the daydream sound on YouTube or pretty much the daydream sound anywhere, something of mine is going to pop up. Yeah. Um, 
what I'm moving to in the future is that sort of performance-based work where I pretty much perform a piece of music and that's it. The albums awesome. that I'm working on from henceforth are that sort of thing. I kind of want to eliminate a computer or any type of mm -hmm. multi-track recorder mm -hmm. if I can. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of where I'm going. I recently picked up a couple pieces that um, allow me to just pretty much perform by motion. Mm. So Ableton, which is, I got to thank you for because you pretty <laughs> much, you know, I've been talking to you about that. So yeah. I, from using Cubase for the past 20, I don't know how many years I've moved over to Ableton. Yeah. And with Max, there's this connector called, I think it's called the connector kit mm -hmm. where you could connect the camera yeah. and it will control various features of your, of your outboard equipment. So I have that hooked up to my samplers and through motion, I can walk around and control certain things. Sick, sick. And that's kind of where I'm moving into the performance thing. Also, um, what do you call it? Biofeedback uh, MIDI converters. Mm -hmm. There's this, um, uh, what is it called? MIDI sprout. Gotcha. Have you ever, it's a, where you can hook it up to plants okay. or anything that's living. Interesting. And it reads the bio, it, it gives you biofeedback. Mm -hmm. um, mine's coming probably in January. They just made a batch of them. So they'll be, you know, shipping them out soon. But that's kind of where I'm moving. So in a live performance setting, I don't really want to be playing per se. Yeah. I want to be interacting. I also want the crowd to interact. Yeah. So those two things and also like having like, you know, microphones placed around the room to pick up certain sounds and sort of an interaction. Sick. That's kind of where I'm going as a performer and where the music's going. Yeah. See, that's why I love you, man. Cause you're so <laughs> like, it's, it, it's no, like you, you were probably the first person I came across that was doing this experimental stuff, but doing it mm -hmm. with music that, I resonate with, right? Like, you know, and I think that's huge, uh, you know, because I don't want to, I'm not saying that you're the only person that we're kind of exploring these experimental things, but yeah. when I came across you, I'm like, man, this dude is doing stuff, and just your whole approach was so unique and so, you know, outside of the box, but it still had that that sound that I, I really gravitate, like just that just that organic, smooth, you know, the, with the I appreciate that it. so like, much, man. I, I, that's why I always say it, man. When I see your video, I'm like, dude, just, I love it. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm really, really looking forward to just hearing and, and seeing some of the stuff you're doing with that, man. Like that, I think that's going to be crazy. Like, <laughs> you know. I, I appreciate it, man. Like, you know, when, I think, you know, at this point in life, you just got to kind of make yourself the best person that you could personally be. Yeah. And, and for a long time, I was holding on to things that had nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know what I mean, like sticking to values and sticking to things that other people would impose on you. Mm -hmm. And there's no way you're going to grow that way as a music. You almost, exactly. as a musician, you almost have to not really know who you are yeah. and kind of look, you have to know who you are, but searching for a better you yeah. all the time. Yeah. And in doing that with the music, you just find new things and, and go new places. So I'm always looking for technology and asking kids to like build stuff like yeah. you know students who like there's a like what do you call it the design schools down here i'm always looking on their websites to see what they're building mm -hmm. even if it's just art yeah. because most of my inspiration comes from not listening to music it's more from the other arts yeah and i don't think we we cross pollinate enough that way because mm. they're all related but you learn a whole different mindset so if, if i want to get inspiration i'll go down to the ago which is the equivalent of the the moma here in toronto mm -hmm. and just look at old art and the way these people used colors and used paint even the way they position things yeah 
you kind of got to do that with sounds. Yeah. But you're not really going to get that if you listen to someone else's music. Right. Not that way. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you then have to look at something that's completely unrelated to your skill set and be like, okay, how do I use the way this person used color, yeah. you know, or technique and bring that into music? Right. You know, so it makes you think. At least it makes me think. And that's kind of the way I go about things. That's dope, man. That's yeah, man. Like, I just, I want to just encourage you, man, to keep chasing that, man. Like I said, I've been, I've been following your journey, man. And it's, it's really inspiring to see you just kind of, continue to come into your own thing and and really bring your own sound and experiment and explore and share that with us man like we i, I definitely appreciate you sharing the process as well like you know because yeah. i mean you could you could say okay i'm gonna explore this i'm gonna go underground you know and then i'm gonna come out and hey here it is but you kind of just go along and you share some of the things that you're, you're coming up against and you're like hey this is something i'm exploring right now i don't know where it's gonna yeah. go but this is where I'm exploring right now, <laughs> you know, and I like that, man. Like it's, yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. it just feels so natural and so authentic and organic. So I just definitely want to encourage you, man, to, to keep doing that and, and keep chasing that, man. Um, Thank you, man. And I got to tell you while I'm here that what you are doing, everything that you're doing is groundbreaking. Like the way you're reaching out to everybody is don't ever take that for granted. Cause I'll tell you what we all, and, and I, I, it's something that we don't talk about, but mm -hmm. we all sit here. And we all know each other online yeah. and we kind of creep each other and don't talk to each other. Yeah. We don't say, look, man, I like what you're doing. Yeah. It takes so much to come out and say that because it's, you know, you got this pride thing going on. Definitely. Definitely. You know, part of where I'm moving into mm -hmm. is to like, forget all that. Yeah. You know, I'm too old to be acting like I'm in, like I'm younger and I have something to prove. You right. know what I mean, if I, you know, and, and you just do that naturally, yeah. like, you know, you can, I can see it in you, that's what you do. And, yeah. You brought so many people on the internet together mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I, I'd be remiss to say thank you for what you do. Man. Oh, man, it's, it's my pleasure, no. man. And, and you know, it, it is a it is something that I, I, I do try to do, man. And, and like mm -hmm. you said, it, it's it's deliberate. Like, you know, you do have to kind yeah. of kind of try to break down those barriers. And, and, and there is mm -hmm. that there is that sense of pride and things that a lot of us grow up with, you know, in our communities, man. And so it, I always try to make it a point to kind of step outside of that. And, 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 you know, try to just um, encourage other people. And it's like, because mm -hmm. there's so many people doing so many things, man. And there's the, the Internet just connects so many different people. And it, there's no boundaries, yeah. right? It's like there's so many people in this world and everybody can reach different people. And it's like, it, it's to the point where it's like, yo, just encourage other people to do what they're doing and support them yeah. and, and help them reach, you know, who they're trying to reach, man. And that's that's just how I kind of look at it, like, you know. Everybody has people out there that are going to resonate with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody has people out there that is going to connect with them. And yeah. they sometimes they cross-pollinate. Sometimes we have the same audience, and sometimes we don't. But um, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, man, I just I, I want to see – I love seeing people just chase – them like you know what i'm saying not not you know not to just chase what it is that they want to do chase what it is that they feel creative in and whatever it may be you know music art whatever it is it's just like hey man just keep doing what you're doing and sometimes we can get so caught up in what we're doing and um maybe we don't get the responses that we want and things like that so i know how important it is to encourage people like hey man look like, you have people out here that enjoy it you know yeah and a lot of you have no idea yeah man. I, I, yeah i mean I don't even know if you know how many people you, you know, you, 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 you've touched in that sense to just like kind of go for it. And it's, it speaks to who you are and your consistency in doing it. 
Like, you know, I've, I've seen your videos for so long. Yeah, I appreciate it. I don't man. think anyone's been doing it as consistent on you for that <laughs> long. I don't know. Your work ethic is out of control. I'm a lazy person, so I'll, I'll, I'll take breaks, yeah. but your, your drive is out of control. And that's just what we see online. I can only imagine the other things you go, you know, you got going on outside of that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's impressive. And it's, it's so appreciated. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate the support, man. But like I said, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's just super fun to, um, yeah. to see people, man. Like the stuff you're talking about is just, you know, like I'm excited to see that. Like, I want to see you, you know, really, really go into that. And I'll be the guy like, Hey man, you know, what are you doing? Have you, have you did any this yet? Have you did this yet? Like yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the guy that'll yeah. reach out and, and see what you're doing just because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want you to give up on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. because it's so unique. It's so you and, and just watching your journey to where you're it, like, it makes sense. Like the stuff that you do and to see you kind of breaking outside of the boxes and you've always been that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. so to see you, really just flourishing that man is is really exciting i'm I'm looking forward to it personally so yeah um, me too it's been uh, i haven't been excited probably never excited but yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is the most excited that i've been uh dope. just into music you know yeah. so i'm it's really good really really dope man well like i said man i do i do appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule man really really um just hope people get a lot from this in terms of just following what it is that they want to do and, and feeling like, you know, hey, this this is my style. This is what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of what I want everyone to yeah. do in, in general. We'd have a lot we'd have a lot more music, acceptance of music, yeah. and a lot more music out there if we did that. Definitely, so definitely. I, I definitely agree. But thank you for having oh, me. Oh, no problem, Appreciate man. It, man. No problem, man. So, guys, make sure you go follow him. He's on YouTube. I'll put the link in the description. Um, you can find him anywhere. If you just Google the Daydream Sound, he'll come up, man. Um and yeah, maybe one of these days we'll see the resurgence of something from in Sonic or, or or somebody, man. One can dream, I guess, man. But uh, yeah, I hope. Yeah, so. yeah, I hope so. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, so guys, man, I appreciate you again. This is St. Joe SoundsandGear.com with the Daydream Sound. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to the channel if you dig it. Share this um, interview, and just we'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace.